one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jay's here, he's ready, I'm Tim, and I'm here, and I'm ready. Phil, however, well... I think we need to try and perk Phil up, if at all possible. He's in all worlds of pain. You know those little adverts where you have the sad kids when this music's playing over the top and it says, only £5 a month and you can help little Tommy? Mm-hmm. I think we need an appeal for Phil. He's looking, abs- he's looking like a broken man. He is also, as of this season, a fan of Ulster, which might have something to do with it. We'll get into that oh. shortly on the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. Hands in, pod on three. One, two, three. Pod! So here we are. Thank you very much for listening, downloading to or subscribing. However, and by whatever means you're listening, very much appreciate it. We're glad you're on board. Subscribe. Get in touch on iTunes, Audio Boom. You can find us there as well. Egg Chasers are on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast as well. We're on Facebook, so get involved. As I mentioned, I'm Tim. We've got JB and Phil. Good day, Tim. A dis- Hi, Tim. A distraught Phil. Ugh. Now, let's, let's just rewind to the start of the season. Phil, having finished playing rugby, you know, at kind of semi-professional level, uh, for his one club, Sedgley Park, that he grew up, played mini rugby and then senior rugby, up to the championship level. He then gave up and said, actually, I don't have a club to support. He chose Ulster out of all the clubs he could have chosen because the the Ulster fans got on board and gave him a brilliant pitch that he couldn't turn down. Ever since then, it's been a disaster. <laughs> I wouldn't say disaster. No, disaster. I would say disaster, yeah. But it's not been our best season. Not been the Ultimate's best season. Particularly after last season, going undefeated in the group stages, top four in, in the Pro 12. And this week, going away to Toulon, the behemoths of Toulon, taking up what is an injury-ravaged uh, Ulster side, particularly in the in the pack. Playing in the worst league in professional sports. <laughs> uh, and it was, yeah, it was, it was a tough, tough result, tough fixture. 60 points to 22. Hopefully we'll be back Lost soon. Lost your director of rugby. Yeah. Renamed your stadium the Kingspan. King <laughs> Bad times at the... Ravenhill Kingspan, but uh, Phil's keeping his chin up. Their European adventure is over, practically, bar one final game next week, of course. But there's so many games that have got a big bearing on it uh, to talk about, and we're going to get into that very, very soon. Big weekend, and I love it. And just to point out, it's Sunday evening. It's currently just gone 6pm as we're starting to record this, and it's Osprey's Northampton as well currently. And uh, what's that score there, Jay? Uh, 
I think 10-6 to Northampton. I love how much rugby you get on European weekends. Oh, mm. So good. Thursday night through to late on Sunday evening. Do you, do you watch a Thursday night game? I, I didn't watch it, no. Thursday night game is the only time you're likely to um, watch Amling Cup or whatever it's called now, European Challenge Cup or whatever it is, because you're so desperate for the weekend's rugby. <laughs> Other than that, it, you know, the uh, Challenge Cup plays no part in my weekend whatsoever. But before we get into all of those games and we have got our reaction... Uh, Phil has got a little bit of a teaser for us. Ooh, have mm. you? Yes. The teaser is. Thanks for the music, Tim. No worries. Okay, the teaser is. Play along, get your pen and paper handy. <laughs> In 2014, yeah. there were five players who played in the Aviva Premiership who had also won a World Cup. Name those five players. When? In the year 2014. In the, the calendar year, year 2014. Ha! <laughs> Child's play. Is it? <laughs> Jay always reacts like that and then normally loses. Oh, my... No, not him. Not him, indeed. Ah. <laughs> uh... oh! Can we have a little bit of time, maybe talk about some rugby and come back yeah. to this? Yeah, let's, let's do that, Tim. That's a good idea. So we will get into that very soon, but I suppose we should get into these big European games. Um, if we can pick Phil up, oh. patch you up after that Toulon destruction of Ulster. It, it was horrible to watch. It, the less said about it, the better. But uh, I was listening to uh, BBC Radio Ulster before the game with kind of... Uh, <sighs> childlike hope that we were going to actually do do some good. Uh, and whoever the pundit was, the Ulster pundit on BBC Radio Ulster, he said, got asked the question, do you think they've got a chance uh, here in Toulon? And he said, well, of, of course, it's, it's a two-horse race. And, you know, if one of the Toulon players just gets red card in the first ten minutes, <laughs> any, anything can happen. <laughs> what about if there's two Toulon players getting red card? <laughs> Precisely. Maybe three. Maybe th- maybe three, and we could have actually uh, got a respectable result. What so, a yeah. disaster! What was it a disaster? You were out of, it, out of contention anyway, were you not? We were already out of contention. The, the good thing was we play, actually went there to play rugby, and we scored as opposed to what we scored four tries. Well, as opposed to just kick it in the corner and, and play boring rugby, we scored four tries. Some of which were pretty good. Did you good, uh, so. give any kids a run out? Yeah, <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> quite a few kids got, got a bit of a baptism well, of fire. That I'm going to talk about. Uh, a Northern Irish kid uh, who's made the news this week. I don't know if you saw this. They had a bit of yes. snow in Derry. Yes. I've not seen this. What is There's this? an amazing <laughs> lad who appeared on UTV on the uh, so Northern Irish News. I remember seeing this YouTube video and it had like a couple of thousand views. He's, it's gone viral and been massive because it's this school kid. Now, when you hear him, he does not sound like a school kid. It was a wintry walk to school in Port Village, but they're a hardy breed in these parts. Well, the demolishers, we had to go anyway. We hadn't much of a choice in the matter, but sure. It's a, cold, it's a cold journey to school this morning. Oh, good, you wouldn't belong getting frostbutt. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what frostbutt is. <laughs> I don't want any part of it. 
it went around the world virally to the point where he had to go back on the news a couple of days later. I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday, went back on the news to talk about the fact he'd become a viral sensation. And he just sounded amazing then as well. Oh, God, it's mad crack altogether. <laughs> Imagine that, Diva. Oh, God, I thought, I thought it, it, it just went as far as the free stood. But honest to God, it even went as far as Japan and Pakistan and America overnight. <laughs> I sort of realised at a young age, it didn't matter what I did, I was going to get a schooling. So, uh, you know, I just sort of decided, well, if I'm going to get schooled either way, I just might as well have a butter crack. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's amazing. <laughs> Put yeah. a smile back on Phil's face. So let's move on. Can we please talk about Bath to Lose first? Yes, we can. Ooh. Oh, wow, this what I mean... We were talking nearly two tons of forwards on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible to watch. Those. There are literally some bridges in Manchester where those two packs wouldn't be allowed on at the same time. There are, yeah. yeah there are actually bridges which can't support that weight. <laughs> incredible. Um, now, I've said this for a long time. Oh, oh, I've just got another... I've just thought... Yes! Sorry, the quiz question. I've just, <laughs> I've just remembered one. <laughs> God damn. We need to get this quiz done before Tim remembers some more. Yeah. Um, now... I've been saying this for a long time. As I've said a lot of things for a long time, but this is one of my pets. What, what do you call it? What pet you call peeves? It? No, pet no, no, not pet peeve at all. Pet projects. All oh, right, okay. Which is everyone needs a massive back row. Bath uh, wasps. Yeah, bath looked magnificent. Yeah, and without Burgess, because like I've been saying, it's so far been a waste, a waste of time. You take out Burgess, and all of a sudden it's this free flowing electric rugby because they're not having to, to babysit some six foot four monster. Mm. Watching Ford, Eastman, and Joseph play in that kind of fluid open rugby like oh. they're doing today, yeah, I was throwing gonna, it about. I was gonna say we shouldn't just get hung up on the forwards because I think the real standout thing for anyone who watched that game and Bath getting a five point win, yeah, getting double the points of Toulouse. In Toulouse does not happen very often. I think someone in Toulouse is going to lose, lose their job. I'm not sure it's the coach because he's been there for... I think he's been there longer than I've been alive, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we should we should celebrate the the brilliant but, attacking play by the Bath three quarters, as you mentioned. Uh, George Ford and Kyle Eastman and Jonathan Joseph putting their hands up and saying, Stuart, put us in I against th- Wales. I, yeah. think, I yeah. think this now shows you why you don't play Burgess in the centres. Because all that great rugby, when Burgess plays in centres, they just look stale because he doesn't have the skills of Eastman yeah. or Jonathan Joseph. And Jonathan Joseph could have scored one of the greatest tries of all all time. It was an amazing try. It was incredible. The one that uh, Francois Lowe ended up scoring. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Big Francois Lowe. That was... He's a magnificent brilliant, specimen. Brilliant try. A big old boy. So that, that was a great game and that's kind of opened up that pool as well. Toulouse is still top just. Yeah, because they were undefeated up until then. Uh, they won four from four, but they have not got a single bonus point. So they're on 16 points. Bath, having lost the first two games, have now won three from three. They're on 15 points. And Glasgow, after beating Montpellier, but failing to get the bonus point, they had uh, DTH van der Merwe, who scored a hat-trick, but they didn't get the fourth try. They're on 14 points. DTH van der Merwe sounds like a delivery company. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, that is the pool that you're going to have your eyes on. Uh, without a doubt, and congratulations to Bath. And like I say, a lot of those, a lot of the guys in that Bath side are going to come up in discussion when it comes to the England squad because we will be talking about the Six Nations selections, which are going to be happening very, very soon. For some nations, it's fairly routine. For England, anything but. So we'll get into that very soon. We've got to talk Quinn's wasps as well. Oh no, we've got to talk wasps. Quinn's weren't talk, even there. No, were they? And, and more than that, <laughs> we, we've got to talk Captain Bantos. 
Bantos. Yeah, the, uh, the Archbishop, Archbishop of Bantos. Another guy. James, have... James Haskell, uh, FYI, if you weren't sure. <laughs> I have been banging the Haskell drum for quite some time now. He is awesome. Oh, He's so strong. Jay wouldn't just like to be banging the Has- Haskell drum. <laughs> he'd, like, well, he'd, he'd like to be ba- well, well, banging where, the Haskell drum. Where's this going? Every week, where's he'd this going? Li- he'd like to be banging the Haskell drum after pitching a tent up a mountain after some fishing to catch their dinner on an open fire. Oh, dear, Tim. <laughs> Banter, oh, sorry, I've got some food on your shirt there, James. Why don't you take it off? There you go, sit topless in front of me and let me admire your incredible physique. Why don't we drink Haskell-branded coffee? Yes. Mm. And lift Haskell-branded weights? Well, just lift rocks in the wilderness is ha- what you want to do with Haskell. Ha- Haskell-branded rocks from his, <laughs> <laughs> from his now-out rock workout DVD. <laughs> <laughs> if he hasn't done it already, it will be out soon. Uh, he had an incredible game. How many tackles was that? Well, it was 200 tackles, 200 something tackles for Wasps. I think it was 26 for uh, James Haskell. So not... Fact. Was it? Not quite burger-esque, but Crazy. it's a lot of tackles, yeah. Uh, it, the thing is that he's so strong as well. Like, all that back three are so strong. They're good ball carriers. And they just beat you up. They just beat you up. I mean, I'm not telling anyone anything new here, but big, fast, good, skillful back rows <laughs> all the way forward. <laughs> Wow, I think he's onto something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why haven't you got a job in selection for a Premiership outfit with that kind of in-depth analysis? Have, but why not? Why not get him back into the England team? Well, he will be there or thereabouts. Whether he's no, he, 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 will, he will be. He'll on be the there bench. or thereabouts, but he will be on the bench. He will not yeah. ask Chris Robshaw. I mean, there's a lot of noise now about Nick Easter. He had one or two nice runs, and, and you know, good for him. But him and Robshaw, I'm going to be like you know the form back rows. Robshaw was anonymous. Not, it, it won't happen, but... But why? Why? But Harlequins had, like, 80% possession and 80% territory and just failed to convert it. So besides the humongous defensive shift that Haskell mm-hmm. put in, did, did he offer anything? His carrying wasn't anything special. He doesn't have the link play skills that, that Robshaw has. What? Do, so, you, do you think Robshaw has good link play skills? Yeah, I think he does. I'm not I sure about he, that. I don't think there's much of a... I think what you get with Robshaw is a hard worker. You get kind of an English Dan Lydiot. Well, without, no. the, without, without the tackling. He, his hands are good. Um, link well, play and, and the offloading game Tom Wood's excellent but there could potentially be an argument for Rob Shaw to play six yeah, yeah, or Haskell to play Haskell six, play well, six. I, yeah. mm-hmm. it's almost I like, like I like Haskell, Haskell and, and Wood I like Haskell more as a seven I do think he's a really good seven there's six games let's not forget over the six nations so Stuart, these are decisions Stuart Lancaster make and the, six, the whole point of the six nations is making sure by the end of it and we said this a year ago by the end of the autumn internationals <laughs> you need to know your team <laughs> He hasn't got there. So by the end of the Six Nations, you have to know your yeah. team. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just say this about Stuart Lancaster. I know everyone loves him because he's all about reading management books. But I can only imagine what how good England would be if Warren Gatland was in charge. A discussion for another day. Or but trust me. Joe Schmidt. Yeah. If Warren Gatland was in charge of England, there'd be world beaters. Uh, the move to Coventry could not have gone any better for Wasps. The rugby they're playing, the product they're putting out on the field, the results they're managing to get, the crowds they're getting, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, and also, so phenomenal, that Leicester have started advertising outside the stadium. Yeah. Have you seen this? What? Have you, yeah. What? You didn't know this? I didn't know this. They put, Leicester put um, a big billboard advert up right outside the Rico Arena last week that said, um, Leicester, Leicester Tigers on your doorstep since 1880, like advertising to the people of Coventry that... They were well. They are still their local club. 
that if anything that's just gonna I, I quite like that from Leicester that's quite cheeky yeah but do you think like, but it's it... only gonna galvanise I think people to towards Wasps a little bit more I think but do you think that there's gonna be a couple going towards uh, you know going to watch a game at the Rico and they see the sign they go honey spin it round <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're going to Leicester yeah Wasps now have a great opportunity because they play Leinster at home oh by the way I hope Wasps win this so much because if they do my prediction of no Pro, tw- pro 12 teams get going through to the knockout stages becomes true, effectively. Unless Leinster get a second uh, runners-up. Well, yeah. You could not have imagined that. Well, yeah. Everyone says the Pro 12 is a better competition now because they have to play each other, which is very novel for them. It hasn't made it a better, better competition yet, but it has shown how weak the league is because now it's a, a level footing. Um they're not doing so well. In fact, they're doing pretty awfully. Mm. Uh, I do think you will... Like This is obviously a transition year, so it's the first time they've had to do this. So there will be a couple of years where they, they realise they have to strengthen the squads and they have to bring more people in to have that kind of depth. Because they can't have a three-week break before these matches. Yeah. Like yeah. they would have done which, in the past. Which they normally would have done. They would have been resting people for the previous game. Warm, warm weather training in Dubai, that kind yeah. of stuff. So no. I, think, I think you will see in a couple of years' time... Certainly, in the next I, few years, the Irish teams will be. Right I'd be back worried up there. for the Irish national team. I know they had a great result or two in the autumn internationals, but I would be looking at that if I was Joe Schmidt or um, or an Ireland fan and being genuinely a bit concerned that or, more injuries than there normally is. Yeah. the teams aren't playing as well because uh, they're more they're, they're more tired and there's more demanded of them. And this is in a World Cup year. I have just realised I have thought of another name for Phil's quiz. Let's just do the quiz now because he's catching up. Okay. I'm feeling much... I'll tell you what, I was really bricking it when Phil first said it. I had a mental (laughs) blank, but I think I'm doing all right now. Right, let's just do it now. Come on. Right. Okay. So recap the question, Phil. So the question is, in the calendar year 2014, there were five people who played in the Viva Premiership who had won a World Cup. Right, so we, we're only allowed to write down five names. Only five names. I can see that JB has five names, mm-hmm. and Tim, one, two, three, four, five, also has five names. Oh, I and, and there's I've, a few names in common there as well. I was scratching my head. I was winning comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's see. Oh, you think because you don't know how many of yours are correct, JB? Well, all yeah. of them. All of them. <laughs> okay. Well, so shall we start from, in chronological order? So shall we go back to the '99 World Cups? Is there uh, anyone playing in the 99 World Cup? 99? There, there was not anyone oh, playing right, in the 99 you. World Cup. So the 2003 World Cup. Yeah, I have one. Mike Tyndall. Mike Tyndall. Mike Tyndall is correct. Yes. One point each. Okay, 2007. 2007, I have got Francois Lowe. I have also got Francois Lowe. Francois Lowe is incorrect. Oh, Ernst Joubert. Is he, is he on your list? Yes. Ernst Schubert has never won a cap for South Africa. Oh. He is actually, he's actually now English qualified because he's lived in England oh, long, long no. enough. Oh, no, I thought I not nailed that one. <laughs> oh, my I was... God, I could have turned this around. <laughs> uh, so it's one, one point each. Uh, 2007, Yeah. there's no one. Really? really? Yeah, not a single one. Fact. There was almost someone because CJ Vanderlyn signed... For London, London Irish. Irish. He, he didn't play played, a game. He played one 20 game minutes, 20 minutes. against Scarlet in the LV Cup. Ah. He'd never played a game in the Viva Premiership. Right. Well done. Uh, so, that means there's four from 2011. 
Is there really? Oh, I've, I've got three names down from 2011. Oh, Christ, I've only got two. Oh, oh dear, you wasted it, Joubert. So, so first um, one, Jay. Piriwipu. Piriwipu. Is correct. That was one of the ones I only just... That was the. That was one of the last ones I remembered. <laughs> so that's two, two all. Next one, Tim. Um, Brad Thorne. Brad Thorne. Brad Thorne is correct. I don't know if this last one is one or not. Uh, so, Jay, is that all of yours? That's everyone on your list. It is. So it's three points for Jonathan. So basically, it's, we're three all at the minute. And, it's if and you've got one more, Tim. And it's if this last name is on the list or not. So... Fr- I'm hoping that in the New Zealand squad in 2011, probably didn't play and st- or start, but I'm hoping John Afoa was in the squad. <gasps> oh! <laughs> <laughs> no! I can tell you that John Afoa was in the no! squad. <laughs> He's correct. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> JV was so confident early on. John Othoa. Do you know what? We should have played this straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, who was, the, who was the name we missed? Oh, you missed New Zealand scrum half Jimmy Cowan. Oh. He played for Gloucester up until the end of last season. Where's he now, Jimmy Cowan? Uh, I think he's gone to Japan. Sounds about right. There was talk of him going to France, possibly. But yeah, he's not, not at Gloucester yes! anymore. So it's three Gloucester players. Mm. So there is. Mm. And they've done really well. <laughs> yeah. Good 2014. <sighs> what a rubbish quiz. <laughs> you always hate the quiz. Good question there, Phil. Good. Right, let, let's move on and talk about some of the other games that we spotted before we get into the debate about the the Six Nations squad. Any other things that you stood out? I mean, we've talked about the, the games that I really cared about. We've talked about already the Bath to lose Quinns Wasps. Leicester um, was good. Leicester Scarlets. Saracens Munster as well, Saracen which Munster's is good. obviously very important. Uh, we, we, me and Phil went to watch Sail Clam on live in the flesh. Oh wow! And I need to bust out this music again, Phil. <laughs> yes, you were there. You you could practically reach out and touch Jamie Cudmore. Well, not practically. Not. He's still still quite a long way away. Yeah. Uh, and I would have been very very scared. He's massive in real life. Just makes everyone around him look tiny. Less massive. Yeah, and he's alongside that humongous Claremont pack, and he still stands out. Uh, but yeah, two of my favourite players, uh, Jamie Cudmore and Wesley Fofana, both played, both got yellow cards. Uh, so so yeah, not, the be- not the best game to go and watch them because it was horrendous conditions. I've, and- not, I've not been to AJ Bell for a long time. It seemed to seemed to be a little better this time around. It was all right. The atmosphere. I mean, whoever that um, that new match announcer is. My word was he good. He was. He something. just whipped the crowd up, kept us interested. Very informative as well. Yeah, very informative. Very informative. Whoever that match announcer is, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> if, you haven't, if you haven't listened for a, if, if you haven't listened for a while, uh, then you might not know that. Um, inexplicably, and I still to this day don't know the reason why, but I was uh, deposed of my position as the match announcer at Sail Sharks. Uh, in favour of a guy who um, he's a nice bloke. I'll tell you, he's a nice guy. That's all I say about. He wasn't as good as you, Tim. Don't yeah, worry. He no. wasn't. He Don't worry. No, he was nothing, Tim. <laughs> no competition. Yeah, the right. sale had the strangest halftime and en- halftime entertainment. 
which was five kicks in the air, and you want to catch as many as you can out of five. Catch the bomb. Yeah. It, it was like they, they found two able-bodied men and one guy who has no business playing playing sport whatsoever. No business near a rugby field. Yeah, got, I don't know where they got him from, the Northern Quarter or somewhere, drinking, you know, micro-brews. But, that, um, that's, that's like where all the hipsters and uh, people go where they drink out of jam jars and wear tweed and uh, stroke their, their waxed moustaches. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know why he was there. But it's interesting that they're... Star international player Luke McLean, who's on two hundred grand a year, who doesn't see, doesn't appear to be injured, but hasn't played for weeks. That's all he's he's doing now, just putting up bombs for people at half time. I, if he pulls a hamstring doing that, I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a, absolute outrage, <laughs> yeah, uproar. But you know what the what the prize was for for, for winning such a prestigious competition as catch the ball? Two tickets to the L, oh, four tickets to the LV Cup. Oh wow! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Sale have very cleverly doubled the crowd for for that game now. Mm, yeah, what, by by two people winning tickets. Four yeah, people. Four yeah, people. Yeah, people there's there be eight eight people there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that was it. Was a bit of an anticlimax that game. Claremont didn't really try and play rugby. Disappointingly, probably because of the conditions. Sale didn't either. There was there was one penalty try, one try, and a few kicks. It's such a miserable stadium. I mean, they are doing their best. But it just feels so soulless and cold. It feels like once they completed it, they went around removing any kind of aspect of the stadium which increased the atmosphere. <laughs> it, just everything about it is... Including they, the match announcer. Yeah, including uh, the match announcer too. But uh, Saracen's Munster, which was the earlier kickoff on on Saturday, was an awesome game. Billy, 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 Back and back and back. It was all about <laughs> Billy, 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 Yeah. That song... Is awesome, by the way. I love that. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. That, did you come up with it? Yeah, I yeah. did. I was watching rugby. I thought, well, that's... Because there is, um, just to let you know, it's, it's a little chant that JB came up with. And if they're ever on the pitch at the same time, I hope Saracens fans get on board with this. We've managed to get, we had a big influence. We managed to get Exeter Chiefs to have a big toot-toot horn to celebrate Thomas Waldron when he scores a try. And now we should start a new campaign to get that song being sung as one of the chants at Saracens. Because it started off with... Um, there's the two Torre brothers. Yeah, Colo, 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 Torre, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, JB's version of that is with the Vunapolas. Billy, 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 Vunapola, Vunapola, Maka, 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 Vunapola. Billy, 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 Vunapola. Hey, Vunapolas. I think that's a great song. It's a good song, Jay. Yeah, I invented that on my own. Saracens fans, if you're listening, get it going. Get it started, anyway. Yeah. Oh, and also, can I just say, from the Scarlets game, going back to kind of Scarlets, Miles Benjamin scored. Miles yeah. Benjamin scored, which which means he's JB. on his way. He's on his way with Anthony Allen to the, Eng- the England squad. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me in, now, believe me later, he's JB says. his way closer. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe we'll get into the England squad in a little bit. The Leicester bench was so powerful when it came on. Yeah. Uh, and Scarlet's are weak. Scarlet's are so weak. Jordan Williams, he he played because Liam Williams uh, pulled off, pulled out just before the um, just Liam Williams kickoff. pulled off Jordan Williams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, after that he just wanted to lie down, have a cigarette. Newcastle. <laughs> I, all I'm going to say is Newcastle Falcons or Saracens should go and sign Jordan Williams because he needs a nice artificial pitch for him, for, for him to oh, be any good. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, Northampton Ospreys is going at the minute, so we can't really discuss that one at any great length. The Saracens Monster. Oh, yeah, we should, Saracens... we should mention that. We should mention that. Firstly, the reason we were talking about the song is because Billy Vanapola had a um, big game. Yeah, carrying everything, but running over people. And then, like, perfect timing for the offloads, for the support coming through. The la- last two games I've seen him play, he has been awesome. Just just really, really good. When Saracens have both him and Mako 
it does mean that they've got more ball ball carriers yeah. and it kind of allows Billy to almost rest to allow him to do more because otherwise he's doing all of the carrying. He does this for England as well though. England rely on Vanipola so much when he plays that eventually he just gets worn off. Yeah. Worn out, and people accuse him of being lazy. He, he works incredibly hard. He does. He really does. But that, that group is now really nicely set up. So Claremont topped the group on 18 points. Mm-hmm. Saracen's 17 and then Munster and Sale 10 and 2 respectively. So they're, they're out. But um, Saracens tr- travel to Claremont this coming weekend for what is basically the group decider. Oh, wow. In Claremont, Ooh. where they never lose. But Saracens have got the, the beating of them the last they've two been times. There before, they've been there before. Yeah, so that is going to be a hell of a game this weekend coming oh. up. Now, one thing we haven't talked about that we really, really must, and I, I can't believe I've forgotten, but it's something which got a reaction out of us all through the weekend. Johan Huge. Oh, God. You are a devilishly handsome man. Is he? He's a very French-looking man. I very, 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 <laughs> one of the most French-looking men imaginable. You are a disgrace, Johan Huge. That dive you did against Bath when Horatio Aguja just put his hand on your chin and you dived holding just? your face like it's... a footballer. Is yeah. it, you, you're an absolute disgrace. I can't wait to see if anything is done. I hope retrospective action is taken and a massive example is made of him because the reaction that it got in the in JB's living room as we were all sat there watching the game before we came out to do this podcast JB said it was and it absolutely said what we were all thinking the game i love is being destroyed <laughs> is what JB said and and that sounds that sounds like it's an exaggeration but you no it's not it's nail exactly. on the head do you know who who used to deal with it pride Pride used to deal with it. Yeah. Because you wouldn't go down. You, you, if you did go down, you'd go down swinging. But not, not anymore. Cause well, we... Richard Hibbard did it and got the Mickey ripped out of him on, yeah. on, on BT Sport Rugby tonight. They asked him about it and he, he, he said he's embarrassed. And I bet he, I bet he doesn't do it again. You're right. Just Shaming. A... It's like, it's like we, we need to, in rugby terms and on TV, we need to stick Johan Huge in the stocks and throw rotten fruit at him. <laughs> Can you imagine... Someone like Richard Hill or Lawrence Delalio or Dean Richards or Scott Quinnell or anyone diving. No. no, because it used to be a game for real men before we started trying to appeal to mothers. It's ridiculous. Just let them scrap. You will never see it again. It, tell, you where it, tell you where it doesn't happen. Rugby league. Rugby league <laughs> players never dive. Hmm. Well, it's still played by real men. Hmm. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> what, 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 where's this going? It, well, no, I'm it's, just... it's dangerous enough. No, no, no I'm not going, isn't it? I, no. I think it's absolutely disgraceful, the, I th- the diving. It's, it's a joke. You don't judge the whole sport on the basis of a couple of absolute numpties, of which, yeah. Yeah, of which uh, Johan Uge is clearly one. And I, and anyone that loves the game of rugby must have lost a massive amount of respect for him and his personal pride but and his Richard, integrity. Didn't Richard Cockrell um, promote this kind of behaviour? Yeah, and then we well, did the Gibson incident. He, d- he did say, well, if that's the way it's going to go, it's kind of encouraging people to to go down isn't it so he kind of nailed it the context of the game at the time Toulouse were seven points down in a game it was massively important it's potentially one of those things where winning is everything over and above personal pride integrity honesty decency and the the history of the game and before you know it we're gonna have this awful situation you have in football where all the talk all, all the talking heads get around and go oh well he raised his hands you can't raise your hands I can't bear it it's a sport for men so they should be allowed to hit each other 
Uh, listen, we've got plenty more to talk about. Uh, a little bit of build-up towards the, the big matches this weekend. And we've got a hipster 15 on the way, which I cannot wait to get into. Actually, it's a socially, pis- a socially pigeonholed 15. <laughs> right, OK. But let's talk about the Six Nations squad, which is being selected, and the Saxon squad, which is being selected this week by Stuart Lancaster and his coaching team. They're going to pick the elite performance squad. They're going to pick the squad for the Six Nations. They're going to pick the Saxon squad. Now, we mentioned Wales and Ireland and a couple of the contentious positions they've got last last, last week, one of the main ones being 10 for them. Uh, and 10 would be one of the contentious positions for England. So can we see if between the three of us, we can come up with some consensus over some of the contentious decisions that Stuart Lancaster has to face? We can absolutely try, Tim. Where would we start, Phil? Well, Captain. <laughs> Genuinely, Captain. The guy who's captain shouldn't be captain. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think I disagree as well. Let's rattle through some of the p- positions which are most up for debate. Hooker first up. Okay, so Dylan Hartley, incumbent, really good in the uh, Autumn Internationals. Mm. His set piece is excellent, but he's currently serving a three-match ban for yeah. uh, elbowing um, whoever it was, Matt Smith in the head. Yeah, which is like a man about his fourth or fifth um, long-term ban in as many years. So, is there a call to say he's too much of a liability for England? Because if no. you lose a man, he got Simmin after 15 minutes against Leicester in a big game. If you lose him after 15 minutes at international level, you are more than likely going to lose that match. My ranking of the hookers would be Hartley one, and then actually a shootout Webber Youngs. And I'd put on the fringe there if there were an injury or a drop in form, David Pace. Tell you uh, what, the th- nice that would be my hooking. The nice thing is about hooking assessment about mm. these hookers, right? Is they're all different. So Hart- Hartley is excellent at the set piece. Uh, I mean, that to me is enough to put him in. But Youngs, if you saw him against Scarlets on Friday, two very good tries, two very good um, good carries. He he runs very hard. He's got good yeah. skills. And Webber's a, a bigger-bodied guy, probably a bigger carrier than than both. And I'd say he probably has better set-piece skills than Young's. I do think, though, Hart- Hartley is easily, easily num- number one. Have we got a consensus there, Phil? Uh, I would also agree with that, yes. Right. And cool. I, I would just add into that the fact that um, Laws is captain in the line-out, running the line-out, so having Northampton, Northampton mm. is, a, is a, another bonus. So, yeah, I, I would say Hartley deserves to keep his place, but... He should be on thin ice, and if he does something like this again, you've just. When does it become that he's too much of a liability? Mm. So, Ben Morgan out of the Six Nations. So we we touched on it last week. So very, we should be able to be quite quick on this one. Uh, there's been lots of people saying Lawrence Delalio being one of them, Ian McGee can be in another, saying Nick Easter is the no. man to come back in and steady the ship. Uh, other people have been saying Stefan Armitage. Um, other people have been saying and let James Haskell be the backup number Who, eight. Whoever said that is clearly a moron. <laughs> an absolute moron as we discussed last week Haskell hasn't played eight for years yeah right or uh, Ewers or Ewers Waldrum 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 should be in the squad Armitage should be in the squad and there's an argument he should be on the bench but you could do a lot worse than having Haskell as your back row cover so yeah. are you right are you saying you guys you wouldn't involve Easter I, I would not involve Easter when we have these exciting discussions about who who would pick and you know we're all getting all <laughs> creative and you know really really getting animated about certain picks no one ever goes, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could just play Robshaw? Not one of you. And you do it all the time, but yet you still defend your pick of Robshaw. No, which I, I think it's ludicrous. No, I don't defend the, the pick of Robshaw. I think I, before, the, before the Autumn Internationals, I was going, I want a proper seven. I don't think, I don't think now is the right time. We're, we're, we're 
less than a year away from a World Cup. Nine months from, from the start of the World Cup against Wales. and They have a proper seven, have you heard? They do have a proper yeah. seven, I, yeah, I heard that. you've got two of them. <laughs> I did hear that. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything to be gained by, by talking about that. So this number eight, are you saying it is Haskell and just A, another comes in, or are you saying it's Waldron? Well, well, no, I don't think I ever said, said Haskell, did we? But, no. B- Billy Vanapola, number eight. Yeah, he's the number eight. Definitely. And then Waldron comes in where Morgan's gone out. Uh, yeah, Waldrum's in the squad. Or you as... And Haskell is possibly on the bench to, and can cover number but eight we'd all pick our, But we'd all pick Armitage and if if Stuart Lancaster would allow himself to pick such Armitage. A moron, yeah. I'd, I'd well, like to see him in the squad, yes. Uh, so Armitage would be our top pick, then Waldrum, fine. Yeah. I'll go with that, I'm happy to string along. Uh, fly half then, George Ford looked really in control. I love how he jinx and takes it up to the line and then unleashed Jonathan Joseph on that outside break. He's electric, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely yeah. electric. So, would you start George Ford? Yep. Yes, I would like to just say that um, Owen Farrell played really, really well. Uh, controlled the game really well. Kicked really well. Distribution excellent against Munster. Yeah. But I would still go for for. Do you know George Ford? Is there more controversy controversy over the England team because a they're not very good, or b because they've got so many good players? Yeah, I think that's it. You look, I, you look at the Wales team; it almost picks itself for everyone's fit. So, so we're, we'd, we'd all start George Ford collectively. We'd Correct. go with that, and we'd all have Cipriani in the Saxons, and probably going off to Toulon in the summer. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. Centres, mm. is it Eastman Joseph now? Now we've be. seen them play like that for Bath. I, I think they've made a very strong argument that they should start against Wales, which could be concerning when you've got Jamie Rod- Jamie Roberts and Jonathan Davis and George North. All running, but I tell you, lines what, down that midfield. It only takes it takes a half break from those from those two. Only the smallest amount, only the smallest amount of space, and actually not those those two, those three yeah. can cut you to pieces. Now, Toulouse are a big team, and that's exactly what they did. Obviously, this is because Turlagi's injured. Yes, but, still uh, not played. But let's let's assume everybody was fit. Stuart Lancaster still doesn't appear to have a clue. Who is two R? Who would your two be, Jay? Sometimes chem- chemistry is just as important as na- as natural ability. There again, if you get those three excellent playmakers and put them in Stuart Lancaster's system, all they do is that one move out the back. So, who who knows? I, I'd probably go for Ford um, Eastmond, mm-hmm. um, who interestingly yeah. has ten uh, percent higher tackle success than either Burrell or Twelteries. Wow. With I think he's eighty four mm. and those two are seventy two and seventy four. Hang on. So are you telling me that Burrell misses a quarter of all his tackles? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, same with Twelteries. Um so yeah, Eastmond, who does sometimes get criticized defensively, his t- tackle success is greater than those those two bigger players. Fact. And uh to Alagi, I would probably go when yeah. assuming he's fit Same. and doing what he And has in the done absence in the of Tualagi, do you just replace one muscular big ball line carrying centre in Tualagi for Burrell? Um there's definitely an argument for that. Burrell's a would, great player, by the way. I'd I'd also would like to see Jonathan Joseph get a chance for England because he just played so well this season. We're all going Ford Eastmond and, and then JJ. Who JJ. Would, JJ or, yeah, JJ at well, the moment. Because you know you've got Tuolagi, I think that's the perfect reason to play Jonathan Joseph because if everybody was fit, we would go with, I mean, JB might not, but Phil and I, so two out of the three of us, and if that's representative, more people than not would go Tuolagi outside Eastman perhaps. So why? So let's try something. Let's try, yeah. let's try Jonathan Joseph because he's the 
he's the different style. Yeah, I would I would be really annoyed if um, Brad Barrett plays a lot of games in the Six Nations because we've we've seen everything we need to see of Brad Barrett. He is a solid player, yeah. and if you put him in the World Cup, he will do a good job. But we just we don't need to see any more because we know exactly what his strengths and limitations yeah. already are. Uh, and I suppose the wings is still a contentious position for England. Like I think Johnny May's in. Here's who I'm playing. I'm going to play Jordan Wade. That, that's if I'm picking the team tomorrow because I think they're exciting. Um, and then, hmm, who's on the, who's the fullback? Watson, why not? Pace, pace, <laughs> pace. In the wow. pack, power, power, power. And, uh, uh, in the backs, just pace. Uh, I would have Mike Brown at fullback. Mike Brown at fullback. Why? I, he's not playing particularly well. I think he is. Still I disagree. Playing. I disagree. Did you, did you see Quinn's? Who did he play the other week? Um, Leicester. Was Leicester. It? Yeah, yeah, when they comfortably beat Leicester four yeah. tries. And Mike Brown was imperious at the back again. Yeah. But, uh, would you have Johnny Mayton? I think I probably would. I don't, I don't think Anthony Watson would be my first choice wing. I'd love to see Christian Wade in the full England squad. I understand his defensive limitations. He can turn that around real quick, but he does still struggle with his positioning a bit. And let's see what our friend thinks. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's six o'clock. So uh, you know, I just sort of decided. Well, if I'm going to get scorned either way, I just might as well have a butter crack. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm with him. I agree. Um, who would you go on the wings for? You were a former winger. Me, such a dangerous broken field runner. I'd also have Noel. I, I do actually. I didn't like him initially. And I hate his, uh, his stu- hair. stupid hair and facial hair. His hair offends me. Yeah, it does me as and well. And Luke Cow and Dicky. Mullet hyphen Dicky. Mullet hyphen Dicky. Yeah, both of them winds me up. But I think Noel is a really, really talented player. And uh, the more he's in and around the England squad, the better. I wasn't sure what offended me more Johan Huge's dive or, <laughs> or Luke Mullet hyphen Dicky's hair. Hair. Horrible, horrible hair. It Which it kind of leads us neatly on, actually, to our, uh, the next part of the Egg Chasers rugby podcast. And I would like your suggestions, please, for a hipster 15. Now, I think it's important to define what we mean. We're going to pick a 15, 1 to 15 players who would fit a, a hipster 15. But a hipster nowadays kind of just means someone who's got a beard no hang on originally a hipster meant guys that would be deliberately counterculture go shopping in vintage shops um for old adidas tracksuit tops that they would then wear to have their breakfast take their picture of breakfast on instagram and drink their um smoothie out of a jam jar <sighs> yeah whilst talking about niche yeah. <laughs> right, it's okay. See, I think we should go a different way with this. I think it should be socially pigeonholed people because I think there's a very there's a very grey area of when hipsters become, you know, Holy Davidson bikers uh, or <laughs> chav peacocks. And the reason is because we're all wearing rugby kits. So we don't really know. And Phil brought us up. James Sk- Skaysbrook from Bath. When he was getting... From, yeah, Bath and Exeter Bath, played a bit. Yeah. yeah. So when he was getting his uh, his Hardman stars tattooed to his elbow, yep. was he aware that a few a few months later that people would be in the northern quarter or some you know or Shoreditch in Shoreditch. London, yeah, all the trendy parts of town with star tattoos on their elbows like Skate? Well, but the thing Skagebrook looks like an MMA fighter. They all kind of do if you dress them up the same. It, it's the clothes that make the difference. So what are we? So what? What fifteen are we picking then? Stupid hair and tattoos, and, we'll, <laughs> and then we'll socially categorise right. them as we go along. All right, fine. So, Joe Marler, hipster. <laughs> Joe Marler, Zangief from Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, I think Joe Marler's a, a bit of a hipster. So is I it, think he is a bit of a hipster. Is it, is it hair tattoos? Yeah, ha- hair tattoos and beard fifteen. Yeah, and then and then we'll and then decide, we'll and, and then we'll decide whether they're hipster or like or a hard, hard man. man. <laughs> hipster, hipster or hard, or hard man. man? That's good. <laughs> I like it. Hipster or hard man? So uh, Joe Marler. Well, 
Richard Hibbard. <laughs> Richard, Richard Hibbard. <laughs> I don't think anyone's accusing him of reading uh, uh, Nietzsche anytime soon. No. Yeah, he's he's more like a valley scumbag, isn't he? Harsh, harsh. <laughs> valley hard case. Yeah, valley valley hard case slash scumbag. Uh, do you know what? Thank God rugby exists, because otherwise, what would Richard <laughs> Hibbard be doing? God no, God no. Thank God he's got an outlet for for whatever he does. Yeah. He's even he's even got a lovely tattoo on his calf. So there you go. It's the it's the caps he wears with the with the flat peak and those. What well, Phil? I asked what type. Of, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a, there's a type of trouser which some young men these days wear. I sound really old saying that's some young men, but th- there's a there's a popular trouser cut that people wear and I, I was describing it earlier and I said uh, it's like really low crutch but then it goes really tight in at the ankles and it can either be jeans or it can be like tracksuit bottom material and Phil knew what this was uh, <laughs> unfortunately I did respond to say oh you mean a drop crotch carrot fit <laughs> jeans <Tim." laughs> this was a mystery to me this is an absolute mystery drop, co- drop crotch carrot fit uh, is that real it's dead awful i only know them because they look because you've got a pair abhorrent i bet you've got a pair i, I categorically do not have a pair mm, of them they, all... they they look they are awful if you have a pair of drop crotch carrot trousers you may think you look good you don't look good oh they're awful they're, they're almost as bad as the like ponytail uh the top ponytail with the shaved sides that Ooh, i know someone who's got uh, got, got one of those who is uh, going to be going to be in uh, my well my back line society's just it's just disintegrating before our very eyes, isn't it? <laughs> Uge's diving. People are thinking those trousers look good. Ugh, they are awful, aren't they? Yeah, uh, tight head. The, the one guy I've got um, bruises, bruises his own beers. Quite a few tattoos. Oh, I've got one as well. Is Brian Mujati. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. That's a so, proper hipster. If he just genuinely brews his own beers and he's good at it, I don't think he should be classed as a hipster. Because hipsters are useless at everything. They just pretend to be good at stuff. <laughs> they just pretend to have opinions. They don't understand the opinions, they just pretend to have them. No, I think brewing beers is exactly the sort of thing a hipster would do. No, that's kind of what's... Their, own, cr- their own craft, craft ale. Yeah. No, I think they drink other people's cra- craft ale and pretend to like it, whilst S- grimacing. I, I will go with majority uh, hipster in the, in the front row. Second row is there. Damien Welsh. <laughs> Damien Welsh? Is it Damien Welsh? Dom, is it Dom Damien? Day. No, how on? Who am I thinking of? Are you hair. thinking of Ryan Caldwell of Exeter? Oh, yes! yes. Sorry, where did I get Damien Welsh? Who's Damien Welsh? Uh, Exeter, second row. Sorry, yeah, Ryan, Ryan Caldwell. Ryan Caldwell. Who yes. is Banahan Mark II. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason he had to leave uh, Bath was <laughs> just because they could not cope with... <laughs> that it, was too, it was getting too competitive between Banahan and... Uh, and Caldwell. Yeah, and also they only had one tattoo artist in uh, Bath, so... And there's only yeah. so many hours in a day. Exactly. They had, <laughs> they had to fight, fight for space. Uh, oh, uh, Magnus Lund's brother. Yeah, well, Eric oh, Lund. Yeah. Eric, Eric Lund. Lund, Eric Lund. Done. Yeah. Done. Proper hips to that. Uh, back row, then. Let's start rattling through these a little bit. Yeah. There's James Skaysbrook. Who, Damn right he's in there. He has to be in he's there. He's got the bald head, he's got the, the tattoos, but he's more of a hard man he yeah, is, than a if hipster. You, if you just threw him in some drop crotch carrot fits or whatever they are, yeah. he, he would he would fit in perfectly. Yeah, no one would bat an eye at him walking around uh, Shoreditch. Exactly. It? How devastated you must be if you were in a bike if you were in a biker gang and now everyone's dressed like you. <laughs> or if you're a lumberjack. 
You'd, Sheb- have, to, you'd right. have to carry your axe so everyone knows that you are a lumber- lumberjack <laughs> and not Se- a hipster. Sebastian Chabal has to go in. No, because he's genuinely deep and, it, and, and introverted, the same as Sheridan. No, Chabal would go shopping in a vintage shop, I reckon, and find... He definitely would, He yeah. wouldn't, and he wouldn't care what anyone thought, and he'd love it. Yeah, but hipsters do care what people think. And he would no, read but- Nietzsche. He's a deep thinker, yeah. Chabal. He, he's like an, he'd a write proper poetry. original hipster. Yeah, not, not, his, these, not these pretenders we say, have nowadays. Right, Sebastian Chabal can go in on proviso that we all appreciate hipsters want to be like him he isn't one but hipsters want to be like him oh he's, yeah. he's a trendsetter yeah he's a trendsetter that's exactly yeah, it I'll go with that and can I go back just quickly go back to second row and say Jim Hamilton tatted, oh, tatted up yeah. well done Tim big beard yeah. but he, he falls he more on care. the hard man side yeah. than the uh, the hipster side exactly he goes wears his socks down by his ankles doesn't care not whatever a, he's not interested no there must be loads of By the way, props, would Adam Jones get in with that hair? No. <laughs> no. No, no. Scrum off. Scrum off. I've got Francois Hugard, South African. Yes. Scrum off, covered in tattoos. If you've ever seen his like, Twitter and Instagram account, there's always like pictures of him <sighs> with a, a strong filter on it. So it's an alternative oh, colour. Yeah, like a chrome filter. Yeah, that kind of thing. That, that, yeah, that's disturbing. How about we partner him up with Quade Cooper? Craig Cooper could Love go on there. Or Danny Cipriani. Cipriani. Sippers. Tom Catterick, the uh, Newcastle. Yeah. Tom Catterick is in. <laughs> he is in. High and tight. Yeah. Actually, high and tight. Dan- Danny, Danny Care. Care. Yeah. The high and tight haircut. Danny <laughs> Care started all that. He invented high and tight, Danny Care. Danny <laughs> Care's in. Absolutely. Who yeah. gods out? Danny Care in. Danny Care in. High and tight. How many rugby players have high and tight haircuts now because of Danny Care? Just by the way, the ultimate anti-hipster has to be Brad Barrett, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll go along like, with that. Yeah, because he's like, had the same haircut since he was since, twelve. Yeah, short, short back and say like um, Brad Barrett or Jamie Cudmore. They're like ultimate jocks, aren't they? Like the yeah. strong jawline, the short back and side. Totally. God, why, 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 why are they doing this to themselves? <laughs> anyway, let's let, let's get a twelve because I've got a thirteen. Okay, I've got a twelve. Oh, you can on. play twelve. Uh, Ryan Crotty, the beard. He has a high and tight oh, haircut. Oh yeah, well done you. You'd fit well in there. He, uh, I think Gordon Darcy would have to be suggested. Again, maybe he's more of a Game of Thrones 15 <laughs> member <laughs> with that beard. Yeah. Well, I would put Banahan at 13 because there's such rich pickings now. In the in the, the back three. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a few, isn't there? Banahan's captain as well. <laughs> <laughs> with his uh, Banahan light round Caldwell as, exactly. as vice captain. Banahan's so hipster, he's even got disciples. <laughs> uh, okay, back, no- th- back three. No. Yes, I'll go with Noel. Uh, Hugo Monnier. Oh, yes. See, f- now he is like, I don't know, Hugo Monnier, I would say... Fashionista 15. Surely. Yeah, Fashionista. He's like, he's, he's like he's auditioning to try and be Bond, the next James Bond in the franchise. That's just not a bad shout. Turned out impeccably every single time. I can't yeah. remember the last time he wore socks when he wasn't on a rugby pitch. <laughs> 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 oh, oh wow! Actually, why do we persevere with with with, with long socks on on a rugby pitch? Is there any actual reason why we? Because they that? just look right. Yeah. Well, unless people you're playing with, sevens, people with socks around the ankles. Yeah, sevens socks around the and ankles. The really good players have their socks around the ankles. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I'm not buying that. Oh, uh, Chris Latham. This is a discussion <laughs> for another day. Definitely, definitely. Uh, an ankle yeah, socks fifteen. Actually, if someone knows of the reason why we wear rugby socks, please let me know because I, I want to know. <laughs> Anyway, so back three, Noel, Monia, and James O'Connor. Yes. Ooh, yeah, yeah, good one. Yeah, he's got the high and tight haircut. 
If he could grow a beard, he would do. He occasionally has like a bit of bum fluff. He's trying at least. Yeah. Oh, um, I thoroughly enjoyed that. If, if we've missed anyone, <laughs> obvious. Did um, you? <laughs> wow, well, that was good. Uh, Think of a, a hipster coach as well. We'd, we'd be, we'd oh, be. Michael Chica from his... Oh, so, yes, his, his horn-rimmed glasses. I'm imagining with those glasses, he didn't need a prescription at all. He was just yeah. wearing them just because they look good. Just to look cool. There we go, Michael Checker. Oh, so right. So true. Um, right, so at Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. There's loads of rugby to look forward to, and I guess we better preview some of that. But much like last week when we only previewed the games that kind of really mattered and had something on them, I think we should do the same Yes. this week. And there's less games that really matter, but the ones that do are... Really matter. Really matter. Mm. And we've already kind of touched upon some of them. So, um... Uh, the two big matchups. The well, Paul won. Claire, yeah. Claremont Saracens. Wow. Yes. In Claremont, where, as you say, Phil, they don't lose. Yeah. Saracens have got something over Claremont after Jacques Berger single-handedly defeated them last year. Yeah, the thing of beauty that wasn't it. Yeah, that's when he had his hair though. Oh mm. yeah, it's like Samson. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not quite the same. So, how do you see that one going down? I mean, you'd have to just say Claremont at home, surely. I think KPMG are going to supply Saracens with the data needed to defeat Claremont, and that's the end of it. <laughs> um, yeah, Claremont were not impressive against Sale. They, they were m- when they wanted to be, though, weren't they? Well, they, they stepped they, up. They, looked, they, they did looked, step up the tempo at times, but they they, they did enough. They did enough to get over the line and get the win, and they're still top of the group, and they're at home. So that all says Claremont mm. will do enough again, but. But but it is scientifically proven, isn't it, that Sale aren't Saracens. <laughs> well, that, hold on a minute. That is fact. That is a fact. Yeah. Sale aren't Saracens. That is exactly. Hold what on, I'm hold saying. on. No, I think we got that wrong. Oh no, no, we're right. Sale aren't Saracens. Yeah. <laughs> so, what? Watch his space. I, I, I <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> watch his space. <laughs> Sounds vaguely threatening. <laughs> it is. I, I think uh, Saracens will win. All right, I'm going to go for Clermont. Uh, I'm going to go for both of them to get through to the knockout stages. I will also go with that, Tim. I'll get, yeah, a very close game. Both go through to the knockout stages. Um, so, Paul 2. Yes, Leinster versus Wasps. Les- Leinster travelling to Wasps. Yeah. And the winner of this will basically finish top. Yeah. Yes. You better hope, if you support the the Pro 12 and listen to this podcast, you better help, hope, hope Leinster win because if they don't, this is going to go on and on and on. I'm <laughs> never going to leave your league alone. It's a farce. <laughs> it's a hobby league. Potentially, there's two points uh, Leinster are ahead. So if Wasps win, Leinster could still finish top by finishing within seven points, losing bonus point and a try bonus point. Um, yeah. But it's unlikely because their points difference is very close as well. So it's a showdown again in Pool 2 and how do you see this one going? <sighs> Wasps at home, um, assuming they've got everyone fit, which I think they, they should do, certainly the, the vast majority, I think Wasps could actually do it. Wasps could could win and potentially even get a four-try bonus point to, to th- categorically top the group. Yeah, I think Wasps will win. I think they'll win comfortably. But I do think that Leinster will have enough to get one or two bonus points and probably it's go through as well. It's such a shame. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing O'Brien's still out. Uh, yes, yeah, O'Brien, Keen Healy probably won't be playing as well, unless then he might be his first game back. But. See, it'd just be lovely to see Heaslip, o- O'Brien, 
whoever else that they, that they choose go up against that uh, big wasps back row. Yeah, because if they put a back he, row off, if they put O'Brien at seven and this Jack uh, Conan, who we've talked about a couple of times in the past, who's a very good six slash eight with Heaslip, that'd be two really tasty back rows. We've all agreed that Sean O'Brien can carry the ball through anyone, but there again, Haskell can tackle anyone. What happens? <laughs> what happens? I think. I think this is one of those games when pedigree and experience of effectively this is a knockout match and this is where I think the experience of Leinster will mean they know how to deal with this Wasps have for a lot of these guys they've never been there Wasps one English team that you know have been to the heights in Europe and whatnot but I I, I think Leinster are going to do it because they've got players who've been there done it know what it means I think Wasps are going to win I do take what, what, what you say though and I think they are Going to be in for a long afternoon, but I do think Wasps will win. Yeah, I, I also think that Wasps might just have enough to, to do it. Um, yeah, Wasps at home for me, but mm. Leinster also to go through. Leinster to get the, one of the runners-up spots. If they don't, it will be hilarious. It will be <laughs> hilarious. Uh, in pool three, we have got... I mean, really... <sighs> pool three is pretty much done. Pretty... Well... Why, who's in pool, pool three? Toulon. Well, it's Toulon going to Scarlet's potential banana skin there. Le- well, I mean, they've got to play rugby, if that's what you mean. Well, no, but they lost to Cardiff away. I mean, ugh, but I don't... But Scarlett's got really nothing to play for beyond trying to take a scalp. And Leicester will go to Ulster. Uh, they're both tied on 13 points. Oh, no, no, sorry. That's, no. that's without Talon's win. Sorry, you're right. Actually, pull three, Talon are going to go through. Yes, Definitely. Leicester have a mathematical chance of going but through if they get a five-point win, but it, it won't happen because other happen. teams will, will amass more points. So, Toulon to Hammers, Scarlets, uh, Leicester, Ulster, dead rubber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pool four is tasty again, and Bath and Toulouse faced off. They're the two teams that could go through. Glasgow could also go through. Yeah. Uh, really, really fascinating that. Now, Bath play Glasgow at the wreck. Glasgow are going to receive a beating like they've never had before. Five points for Bath. Yeah. Uh, and I, by the way, I've, I'm, I'm a convert to Glasgow. I think they're good. But here's the other thing I think, is when you rely solely on a game plan which consists of two Fijian fellas uh, <laughs> showing up and creating magic, you've, you've that, got a problem. That is not their game plan. That they, is their game plan. They've got a good, solid pack. They've got good, strong runners. They've got exciting they don't go backs. For, without those two Fijian lads, they don't go forward. No, they, I, they don't go forward. I do disagree. I think Glasgow are a good team. I think... Bath will get five points. Glasgow will get, might get one or two. But Toulouse will also get four or five points because they're playing Montpellier, who are completely out. Mm. So Toulouse will both, probably... Both will, will go through. Yeah, Toulouse will top the group. Both. And Bath, Bath will be... will go through. Will go through. Uh, yes, and in pool five, Northampton play Racing Metro in another shootout. Yeah. We would think. I mean, the uh, get, shootout the, for top. The shootout for top has the the have the games finished. They um, have. Have they? What was the what are the results? Uh, have they finished? I deliberately left that one till last because uh, the games have still been going on as we've been recording the podcast. Sorry, they haven't finished. Um, haven't. I think they must have just finished. Oh, have they just? Uh, Ospreys nine, Northampton twenty. I've got, mm. and Racing Metro fifty three. So they got a maximum. Treviso seven, which leaves the table. Northampton didn't get the five points. Yeah. Leaves them tied on points, 19 apiece. Both teams are going through. Yes. So, fact. can you predict roughly who's going through then? Like, break down, break down of nations? Yeah, so I think... So, who? well, firstly, who do you think will win um, at 
Northampton, Franklin's Gardens against Racing Metro. I think Racing Metro, Racing Metro might get an absolute hiding, quite frankly. I think Northampton will win and go through. I think Northampton will top, win and top. go through top. Uh, so our five group winners that we, we're predicting are going through are... Uh, Claremont, although yeah. JB said Saracens. Saracens for me, yeah. Claremont, yes. You've gone Wasps, although I've said Leinster. Yeah, Wasps. Toulon, Toulon. we're all in agreement. Definitely. Uh, well, it could be Bath or Toulouse. It's it comes Toulouse. down to bonus points. It's in Toulouse's hands if they get a five-point win against yeah. Montpellier, who, are effect- who it, it's dead we'll, rubber. We'll then. go Toulouse. Yeah, we'll so go Toulouse, Toulouse and Northampton. Northampton. So yeah. our five pool winners: Northampton, Toulouse, Toulon, Wasps, Clermont, and our three. Yeah, this is where it gets second tricky. place. Is where it gets really tricky. Now you would have to favour Racing because they have the points in the bank. Yeah, on nineteen being one of them, Bath because they will beat Glasgow and will have at least nineteen, possibly twenty points. Will go through as another of them. We're basically saying Len- oh, Leinster or Saracens, then. Leinster or Saracens. And you'd have to favour with points in the bank. Leinster. Leinster. Yeah. I, I'd go with that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it looks like Saracens might be going out unless they cause a, a big upset against Clermont. Well, it's not going to be a big upset. Let's put, let's put a, a team couple of quid in the, in the pot for that one. Ooh. An accumulator Ooh. for our quarter-finalists. Okay. Oh, I bet we get some well good odds on that. I'm anyway. <laughs> pretty good at these things. Um, oh, this guy's so good. <laughs> it's so good. These... And then straight into Six Nations. Oh, well, wow. One, one week break, I think. Oh, is yeah. it one week break, is it? Yeah, yeah there's the Saxons match. So yeah. the, the, the Sam Burgess match, as it's been renamed. <laughs> have you got any, um, any Six Nations tickets this year, Tim? No. Me and Phil have got at least one set. We're going to Wales, Scotland. Great. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for the brag. Appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> oh, nice by, by the way, there, there was a game that happened last week which I wanted to mention at the top of the show, but I didn't. Uh, I'll mention it now. Um, and I don't know if you know, I support a team called RGC. Have you heard of them? <laughs> you are wearing an RGC shirt. Uh, I'm actually wearing an RGC, RGC shirt as we, as we speak. I can't believe I, I, I missed this out. But last week, RGC, the Plucky North Wales, went on South Wales and beat the incumbent champions of South Wales, Neath in the cup mm. so well done boys What's, exceptional work I think there's only one person I think we should uh, let have the final words um, thank you very much for listening JB <sighs> goodbye Tim thank you very much Phil thanks Tim thank you very much the frostbit kid I sort of realised at a young age it didn't matter what I did I was going to get a schooling so uh, you know I just sort of decided well if I'm going to get schooled either way I just might as well have a butter crack planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.